Buckaroo. Holiday. Buckaroo. Holiday. We're all getting bonuses this year. The word bonus is a word we love. Hi, it's a Buckaroo Holiday Extra Bonus. Extra Bonus. Bonus. It's a Buckaroo Holiday Happy Bonus Show. Happy Bonus. Bonus. Extra Bonus. Bonus. With a Happy Bonus. Bonus. You live and learn when you listen all day. Happy Bonus. 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 Assume your positions. Ready and down. Archie Shep gave us a piece of music called You're What This Day Is All About. And you are what this day is all about. And you're what this bonus episode of Buggeroo Holiday is all about. <laughs> Did I say bonus? I meant extra bonus. Happy bonus. Extra bonus. Bonus. Happy bonus. Bonus. Got a listener named T-Fab. Always up my ass. When's the next show? Do I get a show tonight? Give me my buckaroo. Well, to tell you the truth, I appreciate it. 
I mean, I appreciate any listener, every listener, trust me. But right now especially, because we've had these long gaps. First the computer breaks down, and then um, one thing led to another in between the last show and the one before that. And it delayed it, and, uh, you know, it's... So the fact that anybody cares, that anybody misses the show enough to demand more... I'm touched. I'm touched. Extra bonus. Bonus. In fact, I'm so touched that I'm going to do a special favor for TFAB. Happy bonus. Bonus. TFAB requested, nay, demanded, Mellotron, more Mellotron-based tracks. Now, you'll agree with me that this is a pretty strange request. The guy just likes the sound of the Mellotron. Um, All right, I'm going to try to help him out. And I'm going to be extra nice about it because this track not only has the Mellotron, but also has another reference that TFAB will dig. The band name. The band is called The Gentleman Losers. They're from Helsinki, Finland, which will prepare you for how cheery this is going to be. It's a little over 10 years old, I think. Second album they did. I think it's real nice stuff. And an extra special thing for me, the title... Reminds me of my sweet daughter, Spider Lily is the name of the song. The Gentleman Losers, or Gentleman Losers. I don't know if they use the the. It's not the the, by the way. Okay, turning into Abbott and Costello here. Let's go.
only one step the head of heartbreak one step the head of misery one step is all I I'm only one step ahead of your arms One kiss away from your sweet lips I know I can't afford to stop for one moment Cause I'm just out of reach of your fingertips
with gorgon solar skin Once again, my beloved Bonzo Dog Band with postcard from the Donut and Granny's Greenhouse. Really great album. Much more to it than simple satire and comedy. There's a psychedelic surrealist thing to it that's uh, probably unique, I think. And Aretha Franklin sang One Step Ahead from an earlier phase of her career when she was on Columbia and not really selling records like she did later at Atlantic. I like that record because I don't revere Aretha Franklin like a lot of people do. I, I don't I don't go for in for all that gospel screaming stuff. You know, it's just not my taste. But it goes without saying, great singer, legend, and made a lot of amazing records. And The Gentleman Losers before that. So that whole set was kind of... Low-key, I think, generally speaking. It was a, maybe a sleepy way to start this Buckaroo holiday. Extra bonus, happy bonus special. Extra bonus, happy bonus. And I think, uh, I think you may, you, I, you, 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 you might think I forgot how to rock out. Nah, tell them, Susie.
Well, I'll admit that was a pair of fairly moronic records, arguably, I guess. First one was 48 Crash by Susie Quattro. And uh, at the time, I was a big fan of that kind of stupidity. There's a Chapman chin bubblegum glam rock, like Little Willie by The Sweet, etc. You know, I like the more sophisticated stuff, of course, you know, your uh, Bowie and whatnot, but uh, that real basic, stupid, meaningless stuff like 48 Crash appealed to me I, I, the rock magazines said I wasn't supposed to like it because it was stupid but I don't know it's no different than Mouth and McNeil How Do You Do which is another great record right and I'll tell you what that sound 48 Crash uh, if that ain't the Sex Pistols you know what I mean and then now it's kind of remarkable for me to contemplate that the Sex Pistols were really like four years after that time seemed so much more stretched out the eras seemed much more distinct to me at that age but 48 crash Susie Quattro and then it was Pato turned turtle you know Pato was a crazed kind of a group pretty drug addled from what I understand included the great guitarist Ollie Halsall and uh, that one was from an album called Roll em, Smoke and Put Another Line Out. Both of those records, by the way, 48 Crash and Turn Turtle, are way too long, I think. I think two and a half minutes, top, three tops on those records would be great. And Turn Turtle is actually a lot longer than that. I edited it. I know that's uh, it's bad, right? I shouldn't do that. But, you know, uh, you can hear the record somewhere else if you want to. It's like when I play excerpts from classical music or something like that. You know, it's, people don't mind that, so I don't know. I just cut out some repetitive shit on the record and it still could have been shorter frankly i got onto that record when i was listening to a radio station in my teen years called wshu there was a guy named mark gunther had a show called syncopated pandemonium wshu was out of fairfield connecticut across the long island sound sacred heart university but mark gunther was a great guy he used to play a lot of interesting things uh, such as the bonzo dog band which is why i started listening to him but also uh can and groups like this that i wouldn't have otherwise ever heard and that was one of those stations that was a link to sanity when i first moved to long island and uh, was uh, a pariah in the school and i don't mean that lightly i uh I was threatened daily. I had my hair set on fire on the school bus. The thing was, I was coming from a school in New York City called the High School of Art and Design. It was a whole different experience, you know. I used to run around with these guys who used to bump graffiti on the subways. I didn't last long doing that. I was this little white kid doing it, and uh, that created some incidents that got a little bit too close to uh, dangerous for me. Although I will say, to the credit of some of the kids that I ran with, like Ronnie Cooper, who went by the name Stop, he was a black teenager. His favorite group was Pink Floyd. And and me being a long-haired New York Dolls fan, didn't bother anybody. And even the idea of the graffiti they did was much more artistic. It wasn't the black scroll you'd see inside the cars. It was this vivid, balloon-lettered, super complex stuff. Now, I've gotten to where I don't approve of graffiti at all, but uh, this instinct was creative, not destructive. So I quit it and uh, eventually wound up joining my parents on Long Island, where they had already moved, and uh, the experience, uh, the culture shock was 
unbelievable. Just uh, wearing a David Bowie t-shirt got me called all kinds of names and gym teachers and certain students would make a daily practice of torturing me. And it was tough. Didn't know anybody. At night I would tune in to the radio and find companionship. And I used to call up Mark Gunther and talk to him and really was a lifesaver in a lot of ways. Radio's been important in my life, on and off. When I was a kid, it was listening to Gene Shepard, and uh, then a lot of my friends uh, in later life were people who worked in radio. David Garland, Erwin Chusid. Erwin's one of my best friends, and he's uh, invited me to participate in a show that he's doing right now on WFMU. I'm doing it under a pseudonym, and he's doing it under a pseudonym. If you listen to WFMU, I bet you can figure out what I'm talking about. And if you don't, it doesn't matter. But that's what this is, you know. Uh, I get to pretend I have my little radio show here. A lot of friends have been telling me to do a Patreon. I thought about it early on when I started this podcast. Then I thought twice about it, but maybe I'll do it. I don't know, it couldn't hurt. Uh, and I'm not expecting much from it, but... Uh, Maybe I'll do it. If I do, I'll, um, I'm going to consider it in the course of doing this show. In the meantime, stay tuned.
Thank <laughs> you. 
tell you a bit about dating courtesy. A girl is right to assume her date will perform little acts of courtesy which are his privilege. If you are smart, you will allow him to open doors and hold chairs. Don't barge on ahead like a baby elephant. You'll get attention all right, but it won't be favorable. It is correct to pause and let him know you expect him to act like a gentleman. He'll love it and think you're a lady, and in return it will flatter his masculine ego. Thanks, Mary. I feel flattered. So we had the mighty Curtis Mayfield with the impressions. I've been trying, and I've been trying to keep you entertained here on the Booker Holiday. Before that, we heard music from behind a wall by a composer named Georges Pelesh. All right, that's, that's the closest I'm going to get to pronunciation there. He's a contemporary composer from Latvia. His whole thing is to make uh, accessible consonant music. Um, not necessarily throwback, but something that has a traditional ambition of uplifting um, emotionally, I guess, and spiritually the listener. 
Anyway, it's a nice piece. His last name is spelled P-E-L-E-C-I-S, and his work is worth looking into. And it started with Roger Nichols and his small circle of friends. That's a late 60s album in the, I guess you'd call it the sunshine pop genre, middle of the road, whatever, whatever you'd want to call it. Roger Nichols, not Roger the Immortal Nichols, who engineered all those marvelous Steely Dan albums. This guy was the songwriting partner of Paul Williams, and I'm deeply fond of Paul Williams on a personal level. He was a great friend to me at a very tough time. I'll talk about that sometime, because uh, Paul is a rare one. But together they wrote We've Only Just Begun and Rainy Days and Mondays and um, just an old-fashioned love song. A lot of big, big pop hits in the early 70s. And that album's a real zingy kind of a thing. It's uh, it's a one-off, I think. They might have done a second one, I'm not sure, but that's the real notable one. It provided a lot of songs that people went on to cover. Sammy Davis did the song you heard. He did a great version of uh, Don't Take Your Time. I just like the uh, the hyperkinetic feel of the whole thing. It's very zippy, very very airport. Feels like you're in an airport in 1969, which is <laughs> which is a great place to be. And it has a little bit of that weirdness of uh, of a Van Dyke Parks record for me too. It has a touch of that along with this very um, middle of the road urgency. Natural Wonder Makeup makes your skin look perfect, even when it isn't. And it comes in ten terrific shades. I like the compact makeup. I go for Natural Wonder in the tube. I love the liquid makeup. And you know, all Natural Wonder Makeup is medicated. And that's why it's such a natural wonder, I think. Listen, i got an announcement here. I've made a decision. I've done a little more than make a decision. I've taken action. I've done set up the Patreon. Yeah, I did. I'd set up the Patreon. You'll find it, uh, Mike Sport Murphy, if you go to Patreon. And, uh, you know, I struggled with it a little bit because, uh, you know, I did this uh, Kickstarter a few years ago for an album project. And the moment, almost, that the Kickstarter succeeded, our lives began to fall apart here. In the next few years, as I tried to fulfill the promises that I made with the Kickstarter, Life became just a living hell, and it's it's never really um, completely come out of that phase. We're still dealing with all the horrors that descended on us during that time, but with the relevance to this is that the uh, project took forever to make and uh, was severely compromised from its original intentions, and in a lot of ways, I'm ashamed of it. Anyway, all that aside, I'm better off playing other people's music on this thing, I think, and... Uh, I never did want to try to figure out a way to monetize it, which is a word I hate, right? They have these things in Podbean called uh, monetize your podcast webinars, which is about eight levels of yuck right there, right? Um, but the thing is, I figured the people have suggested that I do this, and I do spend money on this thing. You have to pay to be on the... You have to pay to be on Podbean. It's not a lot, but it costs money. To do it the way I do it. I think there's a free version, but it's broken up with ads and crap, and I wouldn't do that to you. Um, <laughs> I want the ads to be uh, the archaic, useless ads that I put on. But um, it's also cost a lot in terms of the gear. I had to replace all this gear. So, you know, there is a, a, a sort of I can create a justification for it. 
but I'm not really doing that. Um, it just it wouldn't hurt to get a little bit of shkarol every once in a while, you know, a little bit of mazuma. Um, I can't really charge money for the thing because it's other people's songs and you get into all these royalty issues and that's a real fucking nightmare man so it's better off that it's just some kind of volunteer donation thing and it will involve other things too because i still might do some music and i'll supply that to whoever's involved in this thing free of charge and i've also been doing these projects for my own pleasure dioramas and things like that so i might do some giveaways raffles random participant giftings i don't know and if people feel motivated to donate a little bit to this thing, then um, I'm, I'm grateful. Nothing wrong with it. It's capitalism. It's a, it's a kind of a new hippie form of capitalism that seems agreeable to somebody like me who's not very aggressive about promotion. And certainly not aggressive about the work ethic. So I guess I'll probably put up a thing uh, explaining the details of that thing. I think what they do is that you have to uh, you sign up to give a monthly donation. Um, and I think you can quit anytime you want. So if you wanted to just like, you know, send a couple of bucks uh, and then quit, then you wouldn't be a recurring build or anything like that, I think. Um, but, you know, let's say you, say you said like $5 a month, $10 a month. What if you did? I mean, it wouldn't be no skin off your ass really, right? You, would, you wouldn't even feel it. Send pennies a day, you know? Look, I, look, I, I don't want to be pushy. You know me. I'm, I'm not going to be pushy. I'm not a pushy guy. And... Uh, just, uh, you know, think about it. Think about the joy I've brought you. Just... Kind of brings a tear to my eye. I don't know about you. Let's face it, you, you spend a lot a lot of money, a lot more money on a lot crappier stuff on a regular basis. You know you know it, and I know it. You know, watch it. The people the people that don't have it are going to be the ones who give it. The ones who are really appreciative. And some of you money bags types, uh, you'll be uh, hamming and hawing. I don't, I don't want to be judgmental. It's not. It's you know me. I'm not. I'm not judgmental. Um, that'll be a good cartoon character. Judgmental. Anyhow, see the ideas. The, the the golden ideas. They come pouring forth. I could really do something here with this stuff. But uh, just in case this actually takes off and you people really pony up the dough, I'm going to prepare some special content. I'm going to get it ready in advance, and it'll be there, and it'll all be good. And the regular show will still be there for anybody who wants to freeload. I, I don't mean to put it that way. You know, I'm not going to be hectoring you. I'm not going to come around, you know, you know, I'm not going to give you the hard sell. It's not like I'm going to be reminding you all the time that, you know, that you're like, uh, that, that I want your money. You know, that would be really obnoxious. You know me, I'm not like that. Although it does remind me of the telethon a little bit. So, you know, that's kind of, yeah, it's cool, you know.
Turn me down You're the best pal I found You're real Sweetheart When my darkest day came You smiled just the same You're real Sweetheart But now that I find Fate has been kind I'll build you a love nest That's all silver line And I'll work and I'll slay For the things that you crave You're real Sweetheart Van Dyke Parks. Talk about that in a second. We started off in that little set of piano-based music with a piece by William Grant Still called Traceries. Still was an American composer who split the difference in terms of expectations. I think there are two schools of thought, one embodied by, uh, say, Ulysses K., He was a black American composer who decided not to make his racial identity a component of his music for the most part. He wasn't strict about that, but for the most part, he just wanted his stuff to be judged as absolute music in the same terms as all other composers and did his work accordingly. Then there were other composers who delved into the substance and implications of black American music as such. (laughs) Don't I sound like a professor? You know, you could even call Duke Ellington part of that uh, contingent. And William Grant still split the difference a little bit. He uh, he did a lot of amazing music. And to me, some of the most imaginative and powerful stuff draws on the same music a lot of people might reject for its uh, antiquated period content. 
the Stephen Foster songs that are frequently banned here and there. To take one example, you see a much more mature and artistically valid reaction to this work from people like Ray Charles, who kind of recast old folks at home in his own style for his own statement. And William Grant still did the same thing. Uh, he did a beautiful version of Old Folks at Home for piano that doesn't detract from the beauty of the song nor from the implications of the song historically. Anyway, the piece you heard, Traceries, is more delicate miniature. Then I played a piece called The Window from Robin Holcomb, a composer, pianist, occasional singer. Did an album called Little Three in the 90s. That song was from that. And it's a beautiful album. It's The music is uh, almost a midpoint between the more accessible Copeland and the more impressionistic and difficult Ives stuff. She had a beautiful touch on that album. And kind of weird thing about that, I'm not going to get into it too much, but I had dinner one time with the head of Nonesuch Records, which released that album. And bizarrely, I was sitting there having dinner at a Thai restaurant with uh, him and two other guys who ran record labels. One being my own label at the time, uh, Kill Rock Stars. When I say my own, they put my records out. That's all I had to do with it, and barely that. But a big topic of discussion at this meal was the current state of the music business at the time. This was not long after the whole Napster thing. There was still hope that they could somehow arrest this uh, deterioration of, of the music business, which I was fairly certain they couldn't, and turned out to be the case. But in the course of this discussion, he asked me which none such releases I liked, because I told him I was a big fan of the label. And I mentioned Robin Holcomb, among others. And he kind of rolled his eyes and said, yeah, see the ones that people like and not the ones that ever sell. Um, as adventurous as none such is, he seemed to have an old school model of the music biz and uh, how it applied to his artists. And he was obviously frustrated. He thought... It sucked that he could put out artists of this caliber and their records wouldn't sell, but nobody's records were going to sell anymore, and that was becoming very clear. But Robin Holcomb is somebody worth looking into. Beautiful work. Fin finished up with Van Dyke Parks. You're a real sweetheart from the Clang of the Yankee Reaper album. And Van Dyke Parks is a real sweetheart. He kindly helped me out with my album Uncle. And... Um, We'll, we'll hear a lot more Van Dyke Parks in the course of this, these Buckaroo holidays because I love his work and I'm very grateful to him personally. Which brings me to a couple of tracks I want to play by people I know. Listen, 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 listen. So I know this fellow named Harvey Gold, our mutual friend Bianca Bob, introduced us on Facebook. Years ago, he was in the band Tin Huey, who recorded Contents Dislodged During Shipment. Never got the attention it deserved, but it's a classic. I'd have to say it was my favorite of a whole spate of albums that came out of Ohio in the late 70s, uh, including albums by the Dead Boys and Devo and all these other acts. Uh, that Tin Huey record was my favorite. It kind of reminded me of uh, the, kind of, the kind of Frank Zappa songs Frank Zappa wasn't writing anymore, and other similarly offbeat stuff. So he went on to do all sorts of stuff through the years, and he was kind enough to send me his new album, It's Messy, Volume 1. 
That's not a description, that's the title. Killer Diller Album with an all-star cast. Right now it's available in all the digital platforms, so go look for it. It's great. I'm going to play a track called The Fence. And then after that I'm going to play a track by an artist based in Paris, France, named Sylvain Vano. And his album, his new album I just bought on Bandcamp. And I really love it, and I may even play another track from it later. I usually don't do that, but in this case, I might. I'll tell you more about him a little later, because there's already been a lot of talking here. But just uh, bear in mind, you know, if you're the kind of person you know, that's saying, you know, damn right there's been too much talking here, come on, enough with the frabba-jabber. You know, I tune into this here thing in order to listen to jarring transitions between incompatible genres of music. I don't want to hear the yak, yak, yak. So you you can tell me that when you send me your Patreon contribution, your commitment, as they say in PBS, your recurring commitment to the program. And then I'll more closely consider your suggestion. Meanwhile, as promised, here's The Fence by Harvey Gold. No claws, I fight against the sweets of slumber, chewing on all of it with aching jaws. Every day I hear the crying, yet the sun continues rising. If I'm slamming against the fence, ah, the metal aches are screaming. If I'm slamming against the fence, well, slammed against the fence. Every year grows us older. The last one more than most It's become a hard, hard world And I've grieved so many ghosts But with you here in my life A disturbing contradiction Cause what I feel is light As I'm thrashing about in darkness But if I'm happy inside my fence I'm still slamming against the fence If I'm living here in heaven Why is it brimstone? Life is right with you Here I am emboldened 
And now my friends are all on board But they got the guns and they got the lumber And the sky is filled with dropping shoes I'm slamming against the fence And all the gates are open But I don't want to leave you So from here I will fight Call the arms from your arms Battle here in the heartland Where so much has been fought It's here we're slammed against the fence Oh, 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 oh,
Jonathan Richman with her mystery dot dot dot. I really like that song. I've been a big fan of Jonathan's since I was a teenager, since his first Berserkly records came out. My friend Tony DeCozer and I uh, hung out at the stage door one time, I think after a show at the, I don't know whether it was the Beacon Theater or Town Hall maybe. He eventually emerged and talked with us for quite a while. He was a swell guy and the show was amazing. Also had the Rubenus on the bill. Great power pop band, also on Berserkly. And before Jonathan Richmond, you heard Norma Tenega, A Street That Rhymes, at 6 a.m. I had promised that song to Michael O'Shaughnessy 
after we discussed Norma a little bit recently. So, slauncha, buddy. Before that was Waltz for an Insane Puppet. That was, <laughs> that was a chamber jazz ensemble led by Art Harris and Mitch Lay, who went on to compose the musical Man of La Mancha. But back there in the early 50s, they cut that record and a few others. Pretty indebted, I'd say, to the music of Alec Wilder and his octets, which we've played on previous shows. And before that, as I mentioned before, my friend Sylvain Vanneau from Paris. Great guy, has been writing amazing songs and making amazing records for many years. He was kind enough to accompany me on several concerts in Paris, treated my family beautifully when we came to visit over there. As he, like I said, he's known for songs, but he's been doing a few of these albums of primarily instrumental work, and this new one is all that. It's, it's a series of mysterious and very eclectic-sounding pieces, each of which is just more or less numbered. I'm going to try to pronounce the name of the album. On peut apporter son réel. I don't know. It means something like, you can bring your real. And uh, I didn't even know that Sylvain was a fisherman. You learn something new every day, don't you? When I was over there, I had the opportunity to do some of his own songs on stage with him, and I chickened out. I really, I was afraid, because you can hear how I am with pronunciation. It's a phobia for me, because I suck at it. And I th thought that I would fail his songs, and I, I feel bad about it, because I really I should have just given it a shot, just like he did with my music. It was a stupid... But anyway, it helped me karmically by buying a copy of his album on Bandcamp. It's one of those, you know, you name the price sort of things. You can look him up. His name is, his name is spelled uh, S-I-L-V-A-I-N. Last name V-A-N-O-T. Sylvain Veno. I'm kidding about the karma. You should buy it because it's great. And I think I'll play another track from it later, like I said, somewhere in the mix here. And while you're at it, pick up It's Messy Volume 1 by Harvey Gold, who we heard at top with the fence. When you're out with people, do you know what to do? What to wear, your manners and your etiquette too. Now here's a friendly cue for you in good taste. Hi, this is Mary of the Shangri-Las with a few useful words about gift receiving. When you accept a gift from a boy, show him how much you appreciate it. The mere fact that he gave you one means a lot. Use it as soon as possible. Don't be disappointed that it's not an expensive bauble or the perfume you've been hoping for. It's as wrong to accept a personal, expensive gift from a fellow as it is for him to give one. He probably doesn't want to offend you or risk parental disapproval. As old hat as it may sound, it's still the thought that counts. That was a good taste tip for you. Now here's something else that's good taste too.
them in the rain They couldn't help but hear The last words Mary had said
for the mighty Dharma King, for the one who shows the way to the spirit of love we share. Hail, we now sing joy for the mighty warrior, for the one who stops and holds all the elements of despair. Hail, we now sing joy for the mighty humankind, for the ones who know the way to enlightenment is there. Stand the life of you and me Laughing, playing, praying with the stone minds that we see What is happiness? Is it just a line from a storybook? What is happiness? Could it be the strength you put in me? I close my eyes and make a guess Trying to do my best What is happiness? Smoked up mountaintop I'm so high, I don't know where I'm gonna stop Believe me, we can make it if you only let me Joking, hoping, smoking, going out of my tree What is happiness? Is it just a lie from a storybook? What is happiness? Could it be the strength you put in me? I close my eyes and make a guess Try to do my best What is happiness? What is happiness? Happiness, it's happiness. Trying to do my best. Send my message to the sky as I begin to die. Hello to rock and roll, he'll never grow old. Goodbye to my son in the fields with his gun. Hello to the sun that shines on happiness.
some stirring trombone music from the Czech composer Václav Nelibel. Tower music, it's called. I got to think about brass. I don't know. I just, I like brass. And there was some brass on the previous cut. What is happiness? That was by John Fred and his Playboy band. Now, the thing about this is I've, I've tried to persuade a lot of people about John Fred and his Playboys. Well, not Playboys. That's Gary Lewis. John Fred and his Playboy band. I think they're sorely under-recognized. Judy in Disguise was the big hit. It was a novelty that they kind of tossed off. And a lot of their stuff has that weird novelty vibe to it. But uh, John Fred was a credible blue-eyed soul man from Louisiana. Baton Rouge, I think. Before the psychedelic era, the records that they cut were really strong R&B numbers. The real thing. I ain't kidding you. I I wouldn't pull your leg on this. And then when they moved into psychedelia with these albums, Agnes English and Permanently Stated, they retained a lot of that and added this very eccentric approach to pop that I think holds up really well. One of the things about this stuff, though, is I think that it really requires a few listenings to really get it. It might sound inconsequential at first, or you don't really hear the hooks right away. And I've been accused of this, my own stuff, that it's... uh, Even people come to like it tell me that they didn't like it at first, and if you're gigging and people come to repeated gigs, they can catch on to it. But people usually don't give a record a second chance. And it's a big mistake because I never would have listened to Lou Reed. I never would have listened to Charles Ives. A lot of people pass that first listen if I didn't have that impulse to uh, dig in and try to get it, you know. So I recommend you check out some of John Fred. I'll play some more to help you along because that's the kind of dude I am. So, you know, future shows, we'll hear more John Fred. And another thing I want to mention, in keeping with our theme today, which is... Extra bonus, 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 bonus. John Fred and his Playboy band also used a Mellotron on that cut. That's right. So, T-Fab, still thinking of you. Happy to provide you with that extra bonus, that happy bonus. Or should I say, extra bonus, happy bonus. Before John Fred, we had the Art Ensemble of Chicago. With hail we now sing joy. And who wouldn't be joyful about celebrating the precious Dharma King? Both of those songs are my little attempt to sow happiness and something upbeat out there in this sad, sodden environment. The first thing we heard there was Give Us Your Blessings by the Shangri-Las. I just figure I've been invoking Mary Weiss through the whole show with these little radio spots that I should at least play a song by the wonderful Shangri-Las. That one isn't heard as much these days, I think, because it's not one of the uh, more heavy-laden songs. It's all, all their songs were heavy-laden, let's face it. But uh, that one is more popish. It's, uh, you know, just, just one of these, these teen death weepers, you know. But it was one of the ones that when I was a kid we played quite a bit as part of what I have come to call the Sacred Stack. These are records I inherited from my siblings. And the Shangri-Las were a big part of that collection. I'm going to get into that. I was thinking about uh, ideas for the bonus material that people are going to get for the Patreon. And I've wanted to do a actually a written article for a long time about the Sacred Stack. I did a little bit of it kind of ad hoc um, 
in a magazine that came with my last album, but it didn't really get into it to the degree that I wanted to. And I think maybe it's better as an audio piece because I can play the tracks that I'm referring to. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be doing that. So if you do the Patreon, that'll be a bonus show that's coming up. And yeah, it'll be extra. And yeah, it'll be happy. How about some Terry Adams right now?
is the name of the act I know nothing about them it was a single from the early 70s on the Pierre Cardin label in France just gets weirder by the second doesn't it sort of sounds to me like a uh, soulful up with people clearly a live performance and there's a photo of them performing it on there it must have come from some specific event I think but anyway, I don't know. I don't know. But there it is. I have a thing about those kind of records. But unison, soulful unison singing, you know. Uh, can't explain it. It's the music of my heart, man. It was preceded by Hard-Hearted Alice. That was from the Muscle of Love album by Alice Cooper. It was the last record by the original band. And a real disappointment at the time. Boy, that album, uh, you know. Looking back... Billion Dollar Babies wasn't so great either, and about half of schools out was crap. So, you know, it was killer and love it to death with those guys. You know, the earlier albums had a lot of interesting things on them, and those last couple of albums had some moments, but it was those two and half of schools out that really are the heart of the great Alice Cooper work. Killer is special. It's kind of a, uh, it's kind of shock prog, you know. Um, but this album was the first one they produced themselves wasn't the best idea they were falling apart at the time and you could tell that because this song is one of those here's a word from us rock stars to you about what it's like to be rock stars like us when you hear that you always know it's the jig is up be that as it may it's a great michael bruce tune and michael bruce could write a great tune he was uh, the secret weapon of that band i think I preceded that with Tame Impala, which might be too obvious a choice these days. It's popular, it's current, it's all that. Um, it's a good tune, I don't know. It's got a bit of Sid's Floyd in it to me, and it's about an elephant. Those of you who are regular listeners may understand that I have a thing about elephants. It's a secret mystic thing that I do. It's, and I'm not kidding. When I was just at Knobles on the Fascination Game, I won a couple of elephants. That was an important moment for me. But here I am, being redundant again. So, Tame Impala with Elephant. Is there a Mellotron in that one? There might be. I'd have to listen again. I wasn't paying attention. But, uh, T-Fab, you, you, you tell me. I don't know. Now, you see, I was, I've, been, I've been a little bit of a dick with this whole Mellotron thing. Because I don't know what T-Fab really wants to hear is prog stuff. The, the Moody Blues type use of Mellotron. The... King Crimson use of Mellotron, and I'm kind of skewing it. Because yeah, I'm a contrarian. I'm, I'm, a, you know, I'm a ball buster. I'm a ball buster. But look, I'm pro- I promise more Mellotron. Maybe this show, maybe the next show, but in, in perpetuity. 
Mellotron, because I, li- I like it. Uh, it's a great thing. Another great thing is the Celeste, the beautiful Celeste. It's a piano that plays bells instead of strings, and Terry Adams from NRBQ did a beautiful solo there. If I Had a Dream on the Celeste. Well, it was If I Had a Dream played on the Celeste. It wasn't If I Had a Dream on the Celeste. That would be a little bit, you know... That was a free tune. The title was Vision of Salome under U. And now, number 46 under S.
Eat that corn. You know it's delicious. Nothing wrong with corn. Come on. Come on. The Cordettes, well known for the all-time classic Mr. Sandman singing Far Away Star. And before that is a further sop to TFAB and his Mellotron cravings. We had Stackridge, we've heard them here before, doing God Speed the Plow. Well, we've also heard Speed the Plow here, come to mention it. That was from the Man in the Bowler Hat album, produced by George Martin, known as Pinafore Days in the U.S. A record so beloved by my friend Tony DeCosa that he would buy it every time he saw it and hand it out to everybody he liked, because he felt like everybody deserved to own a copy of Pinafore Days. Top of the set, representing the letter S, the second promised selection from Sylvain Vano, my wonderful friend from Paris. And you should really go to Bandcamp and check out the rest of that album and maybe buy it. And another reminder to also uh, look for Harvey Gold's album online and Jim Allen's new album online we mentioned last time. I'll mention more records by friends of mine because at this point I'm like, uh, I should, you know? Besides which, I'm feeling magnanimous because everybody's going to be sending me so much money with this Patreon bullshit. Seriously, I invite you to check it out. And what I'm anxious to do is to get busy with uh, not only the next show for this program, but the ancillary bonus stuff. The prospect of doing these things is kind of intriguing to me. I'm looking forward to it. And... Um, as far as this show goes, it's time to knock it on the head because I want to start working on the next one as soon as I'm done here. I have a few surprises planned. So I'm going to leave you with a closing song. You can listen to it as you contemplate the depth and breadth of your commitment to me through Patreon. But seriously, thanks for listening to this show, and I hope to see you next time. I'm going to end with a quiet, mellow instrumental selection by an artist you might not expect me to play on this show, Pat Metheny. It's a solo guitar arrangement of the song Cherish by The Association. And I do cherish you. Thank you very much. See you next time. <laughs>